What's up, guys? Back with the North American Weed Tour podcast, episode 16. I'm Mitch Pfeiffer. And I'm Joey J. Ping. And today we're joined with Dan Uloa from Hedy New Jersey, or editor of Hedy New Jersey. Dan, what's going on, my guy? I'm good, Mitch. How are you? I'm hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there. Thank you for uh, hanging out with us uh, late late on the East Coast night, on, on a work night, man. Really appreciate that tonight. Oh, it's all right. It's cannabis. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, could you give us a little bit of an introduction to Hedy, New Jersey, when when the, the publication started, what you guys kind of did at the origin there, and a little bit of the summary of how you guys got to today? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my business partner, uh, DK Nug, started uh, HeddyNJ.com uh, around uh, December 17th, uh, 2017, when uh, Governor Phil Murphy was elected. You know, we always, you know, he ran on cannabis initially, so we expected, you know, the brightest uh, observations, you know, we were looking at legalization, you know, the first, like, year in 2018, and we would have been, like, 20 adult-use dispensaries by now uh, in the rosiest of predictions. But, you know, nonetheless, you know, we persevered on. You know, I came on October 19, uh, right before uh, they failed to make a deal, and then we had to do a referendum. Uh, so, but you know, we've been building the site, and uh, despite that, you know, in uh, despite COVID, uh, and you know, now things are doing like really well. You know, we just had our uh drop the release of our adult use market regulations from our New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission, so it's really great that way. So, you know, we're growing with the market, and you know, we're great, get, we've cultivated a great uh base here, and I'm you know, happy about the future. Awesome, man, awesome, man. It's definitely exciting getting uh. You know, moving from the, the the phase of medical cannabis to adult use is definitely, uh, you know, a, a blessing that I don't think we take for granted over here on the West Coast. Every time we travel somewhere that doesn't have it, uh, you definitely don't take it gra for granted what you got at home, man. So what is the quality of cannabis been looking like in New Jersey? What, what, what do you see in the medical market versus like what's on the streets out there? What, what, what's, what's the quality level you guys are getting? Yeah, so this is like how I envy like the Westerners. So like, like the medical programs in the West all seemed like a lot stronger before like their W's programs came in. So it wasn't like as big as a transition. While like our medical cannabis market set up under Chris Christie was always horrible, and it's it's less horrible now, but it's really not where you need to be. Like so today, actually, our twenty second dispensary location opened in a state of 9 million people. So like we need a lot more. Yeah. So we have, we don't have enough dispensaries, uh, the cannabis they have there. So like, I just became a patient and like, it's okay. It's good for my condition, but like a lot of people complain like about it. Uh, they say like the price is not good. Like there's no buy in bulk thing. So like it's over 350 for an ounce, you know, and a lot of people like say, you know, the quality is not there. The quality is on, the underground or the gifting entrepreneurs that we have now uh, here in New Jersey. That's where the innovation is. That's where the entrepreneurialism, you know, that's the people, you know, the good people that like really care about the values of the patients, they care about like, the nature of the industry, you know, who really, um, you know, breathe and like live cannabis. So, you know, hopefully a lot of them will get like licenses soon. Oh yeah. Once, once, one thing that we've seen in all the different markets that we've been in, and the various legal states is that it takes time for the best craft underground growers to really feel comfortable getting into the industry. And it makes sense. They make hand over fist cash 
cold hard cash in the traditional markets compared to these legal licensed uh, situations. And I say situations because every state is a situation. Legal cannabis is a unique scene in every state and territory and country that it's in. It is different everywhere. Um, you guys have 22 dispensaries for 9 million people. Now, for most people that are watching this here on the West Coast, I think it's safe to assume that we probably know very little about the geography of New Jersey. Can you walk me through where the biggest cities are at in that state and where are the populations of people that are at that are buying cannabis? Yeah, so, you know, we have in like North Jersey, across from New York City, I'm in Bayonne near Jersey City, for example. That's our second biggest city. You know, Newark is across the bay. It's like the big population center. And then you have Camden, you know, across from Philadelphia in the south, for example. Across uh, then in the, in the, on the east coast, you know, is uh, Atlantic City, which really is not as big as uh, its reputation. Uh, it's really funny, actually. And then we have like a lot of like large suburban towns like New Brunswick. It's like, well, New Brunswick is where Rutgers University is. People know Rutgers usually from football and basketball and whatnot. You know, Princeton is around Trenton, uh, halfway between like uh, Jersey City and Camden in that way. And, you know, that's interesting. Trenton is an interesting place because we have our uh, NJ Weedman there, Air Force Shown, who's been like the lead, only the godfather like of like the legalization movement one way or another uh, for several years. So like, it's really interesting, you know, covering them and you know, now we have like our government is catching up to this thing and they realize like how big New Jersey cannabis can be. And, uh, you know, it's bringing pretty accepting of uh, getting him legitimate so far. Not yeah. Good. You know, th thankfully, cannabis, just like other um, and I say thankfully in, in the most positive way possible, but the people relate to cannabis. And they relate to cannabis because a lot of people are getting sick. A lot of people are going through chronic pains. A lot of people are going through mental illness or going through the recession and the stresses of life. And so cannabis legalization, not to say that it's popular, but it's relatable. And I think it's a real, it, it does solve real problems for people in a lot of ways. And I think that's what makes it so powerful, right? Now, Dan, I've got some more questions about what cannabis looks like in Jersey in terms of, you know, what are some of the strains that you're hearing? What are some of the names that you're getting? Are you getting these those East Coast sour diesels? Are you getting purple weed? Do you have the gelatos and the cushions? Talk to me about what's actually out there. Um, yeah, so like some people do enjoy sour D. I enjoy gelato actually for my issues, actually, for my chronic inflammation, actually. But like a lot of the way like people talk about strains and like wax poetic about them, it's really the underground. Mm. Still, you know, we have like we're not like the West Coast where like they say California has a long history of an underground scene. You know, we're not like that, but we have this like flowering of flower right now, and I've seen where you can get like really good stuff and like really good edibles. Uh, it's a really interesting you know place to be right now for a state. Jump that like we really did have like an issue with people getting caught for like very little amounts. Uh, very small amounts and it being like really bad and that fashion them now we have a little breathing room it's uh, quite a time to be here right and you guys you guys just uh recently just pushed through what was that edibles and beverages or, or what was talk to us about some of the recent news 
on, on some of the legislative changes about the products. Yes, we had the regulations uh, released yesterday or last Thursday. And the big one is like we had like a great victory on like the social equity uh, aspect of it that most people have been pushing uh, from, you know, we're going to allow and like prioritize on some level, you know, people from the legacy operators to get into this market. You know, they really made it really low barriers to entry for like some licenses, like the conditional license. So you don't even need a real deal with a landlord to get it as long as it's in that town and in that zone, like you can get a deal and it's really easy that way. And, you know, there's really high prioritization of like helping, you know, like minority communities of impact zones, for example, the places where like the war on drugs really was fought, you know, especially on cannabis on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really good. But then, yes, then like the other catch is that like the things that aren't, they are not going to allow right now baked edibles, chocolate, uh, and most likely not gummies uh, in our interim regulations. Uh, and many people are unhappy about that. I think it's a kind of like a blind side. I don't think people are expecting that. Um, and it's a really difficult issue because a lot of the gifting entrepreneurs really thrive on that. Because all our medical cannabis has in their like dispensaries is these like terrible lozenges. So, like, the gifters, the entrepreneurs, the underground guys, they'll go, like, I'm making these things for, like, patients. Like, they talk about this, and they're, like, the people they treat with people, like, chronic pain, a lot of terrible issues. And people treating with um, with cannabis, they, like, help. A lot, a lot of crazy stories in that fashion. But So, yeah, so, they, so the edibles thing is, like, a little difficult. They are going to allow syrup, tablets, tinctures, lozenges so like it's not like there's nothing uh and they did say like we can persuade them uh so you know let's see if we can persuade them you know we we got like what the licenses the victory we wanted on licenses you know this is people understand you know like this is not like washington or like the west and we've watched the west we've watched colorado and like people are very unhappy that you're going to have a company that like has no roots here doesn't treat its employees that well and then like they don't really make very good cannabis. And then like they have a very, some of them are very bad in like the attitude in which they have. And, you know, it's really funny, you know, like people, you know, I bet like Pan Am was like a really cocky company, you know, with their Pan Am building on Fifth Avenue uh, before that went the way of the dodo. That's crazy. That's, I mean, but to that point though, it doesn't surprise me because there's a lot of these large companies, they have the ability to just hire and fire and replace and rejoice and party and, and go on the yachts and get the you know go to the mj biz cons and all these things and, and it's cool I'm, I'm happy for a lot of those companies too but on that on that side that's okay we got to go back to the other side too and get them the same chance give them the same equal opportunities and i think that's one thing that you know when i follow heady new jersey's work it's very it's very interesting to see the actual advocational impact that you guys you guys are able to really have when when not to say New Jersey is small but it's not the largest state in the country it's not the largest place on earth and so but but it's very important in terms of the role that it does place play in the states um, both um, you know just just in terms of like even just where it's positioned on the East Coast between sandwich right between Philadelphia and New York and things like that, that that's in, that's an incredible place to be now. I, what, what I think I'm very excited for is um, 
you guys having such a strong craft market here over the next few years with these kind of restrictions that are in place, it's going to open up a lot of fun stuff. When people are trapped at home, when people are chilling, when people are grinding and working and they, they got to work more and more and more, that's when the weed gets better. That's when the science <laughs> and the tech improves. And so I think yeah. that's where you guys are really going to start to see leaps and bounds in your industry uh, over there is the last five years seemed like every bit of five years, but the next couple years are going to go by so fast in terms of growth and just dispensaries opening yeah. and people getting stuff. It's going to be exciting. Yeah, I am excited for that. Your people have been talking about that, you know, the innovation that can be unleashed. You know, we can get these people like the good licenses uh, in that fashion, micro licenses, micro, micro businesses, uh, for example, and some of these like really interesting, innovative things that our uh, Cannabis Regulatory Commission did, uh, for example, be really, yeah, like it's an interesting time to be here. Like in five years, yeah, it'll be rich. And like 22 dispensaries will look like ridiculous uh, when we get to higher numbers. Even like I say, like a conservative estimate, I'll be like 80. I'll be happy with 80. People are like, no, it's not enough. <laughs> I mean, let me ask this from where you live, how long is the average drive time to the nearest three dispensaries to you? So, like, oh, three. All right, so like one would be 20 minutes, one would be like half an hour, uh, the other would probably be half an hour. So the thing about that is like I live like in a pretty urban place. We have like a lot of people like in western New Jersey where it's more conservative. Like it's like 45 minutes to an hour to a dispensary. Like if you're really in like some of like the rural conservative places, wow, yeah, it really would take you a good amount of time. And see, and that's, and that's where you talk about patient access, right? What do you do as a, as a parent in those environments, right? When your kid is seizing and you know that that's the last resort, right? What do you do when you're, you know, you're, you're fighting cancer in all its various forms, right? And that is the route that you've been told yeah. needs to happen. And you're an hour, you're two hours there and back, you know, it, it's a lot. And that's something that, you know, Mitch, I know he, he's seen me, you know, I've, I've been made fun of my whole life. I, I've been throwing up for years. You know, imagine if I, you know, 20 minutes is the longest 20 minutes of my life when I am so nauseous, I can't control it. It's the okay. longest time. And so, it, and for you, right, you said earlier, chronic pains, right? So well, inflammation, yeah, sort of inflammation. Inflammation, right? So inflammation over time leads to pain, severe pain. Yeah. And so imagine yeah. years and years and years of 22 dispensaries is all you have access to or better yet, or even worse, imagine no dispensaries like it has been for a long time. Right. So it's, it's Let's powerful. Be so many virtuous hustlers then. Right. It, it's, it's powerful, man. The, the, the cannabis has to become accessible to people. It's a beautiful thing that, that New Jersey is, is, is involving the community and that also they have the ability to look at the West Coast and also Colorado and, and get an idea of how, you know, how to even run the show. And so for you, you've been able to travel. You've been in numerous places. You've, you've smoked weed in a couple of different states, maybe a bunch of places. I don't know. Uh, talk to us a little bit about um, how you got into smoking and, and some of the some of the strains you've tried in your travels. How I got into smoking? Oh wow! So that would be, I suppose, for me, what like uh, I popped my cherry. I was in my freshman year of college in the dorm mm -hmm. or in the friend's house, 
watching The Sopranos back in the day. Okay. Uh, so yeah, so like I was probably eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, I would say eighteen. Yeah. So not like terribly uh, crazy young, but not that old either. So. Uh, no, you know, I've enjoyed it, and, you know, it's really, I, I figured out that, like, I wanted to not drink and just smoke, like, when I was, like, 20, and then, like, you know, Uncle Sam thought it was the opposite way was better, uh, and, you know, I, I disagree, Uncle Sam. I think you're a liar. <laughs> so, so I mean, yeah, like, I found, like, gelato to be, like, really good. Um, Blue Dream is good, too, I think, for, um, yeah, so some of my inflammation. Like, I have eczema. For example, but then it's funny, like I have, but then like I want something for like depression and anxiety is different than what I need for the stomach. So like I'll take the stuff for the stomach, it's bad for the head. Mm. And then the stuff for the head isn't that doesn't really do that much for the stomach sometimes, and that's annoying. It's it's the different and that's the beauty of it, right? Is different fruits do different things, different foods yeah. provide different nutrients, and cannabis is truly no different in that. All these different strains, they all have unique cannabinoid profiles. A lot of focus is put on terpenes, 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 terpenes. You hear this word in cannabis, terpenes, terpenes, terpenes. But what really changes your life, what really gets you where you want to be is the combination of terpenes, THC, and a full spectrum of cannabinoids. You need CBGA. You need CB CBCs. You need CBD. You need all these different things because that's what really makes up the magic. This strain right here is a one-to-one -one strain. This one right here is a gelato cut. They're not supposed to do the same thing, right? One was grown this way. One was grown the other way. One smells like this. One smells like that. And I'll even show you guys this too. We're working with the new camera here, right? So I can get up nice and close, right, with the buds. We're talking purple, beautiful gelato buds over here. And then let me show you this one right here. I got a big one right there. Oh, where'd she go? There it is. There it is. Check out this bud right here. This right there is that 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 is CBD weed now, guys. Look at that is a nub. That is a straight up, looks like OG Kush. Nice. Yeah, there's a great art to like staring at nubs and like the nuances of like really beautiful ones. Mm. The smells are totally different. It's super cool. Have you, so you, you guys have edibles out there. Have you been able to try any of the new edibles that are out there on the rec market or is that, is that not a, a thing yet? Yeah. So like, yeah, so we don't have, but yeah, so like our rec market probably won't open for like until like sometime next year or spring. So we just have, yes, yeah, so we just have our underground market has a lot of edibles. You know, we have a lot of like gummies, for example. You know, people are making like infused mac and cheese. Infused juice is very popular. Where like, where are those food. kinds of products typically sold at? Is that at a dispensary? Do you have to go no, to like a farmer's market? No, this is a whole hardcore underground. Well, it's not hardcore, but yeah. You have to go, so is it like is it like a farmer's market type of sesh? Or do you just like you know, Snapchat, you you hit people up? How does this work? Yeah, so like some of it like is like a, like a farmers market type settings, um, sessions. Like yes, yeah, so like there are like farmers market type things, I guess, uh, going on here actually, and it's really hey man, that that stuff happens everywhere. It still happens here in LA. I know what happens in Atlanta. I know what happens in Florida, Arizona. It still goes on, except for Washington. I don't hear about it happening up there anymore. It does a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> They're still happening. A little bit, yeah. I've, been to one, I've, heard, I've heard about it. Yeah. 
That's crazy. So the, 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 the trap market sessions are still going. That's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. But like we, so our thing is like, it's not really illegal though. So we passed a referendum. We, we passed a referendum. 67% of New Jersey agreed with us, agreed with me. Uh, and you know, it was supposed the market was going open January 1st. That's what the, that's what it add, said to the constitution. That's what we added. We didn't add that there's, there isn't a provision in there for regulations. It was always assumed there was going to be regulations and it was assumed it was going to be done on time, uh, but it wasn't. So now we have like an interesting, weird situation where our attorney general sent a letter to some of these guys and said, yeah, yeah you're not really gifting guys, though. It's not a gift when it's mandatory. And like just like on the consumer aspect of that, not on the nature of their business and how they're doing business, but like on that specific practice. And then it's been silent since. So, like, it's a funny time now. It's a really Interesting. funny time. So they're they're cracking down, but they're not cracking down. Right, right. They didn't really crack down that much, yeah. Interesting. So far. Interesting. Just a couple of guys got, like, the guys that got the biggest and wanted to be, like, they thought that they were going to be legit got, like, a little hurt. But even they're, like, they're still in the game. So for what sure, is for the, sure. What is what is the average cost of an eighth and then like a gram of oil? Um, yeah. So like an eighth is like sixty, and then a what? A gram, a gram of oil concentrates. Oh, wait, a gram of oil, but like a cart? Sure, like, a vape cart or like a dab. No, oh, yeah, a vape cart is like fifty. Yeah, like fifty or so on the uh, in the underground. Uh, I'm sure it's more in the uh, real market. I just became a patient myself. So. Okay. What about what about I some dabs? That. How much how much do grams of dabs go for? That's a good question. Uh, I uh, I'm a simple pipe man, so I don't know. Oh, I yeah, like I it. Apologize. No, no, you're all good. So, so you're. I saw you earlier. Could, do you have that vape card still that you had? I do, yes. Yeah. So this is, Talk, this is a card I got actually from Massachusetts. It's from INSA. Okay. Uh, so it was Massachusetts legal. <laughs> I don't know what that means right now. Well, I know what it means now. <laughs> uh, it's I, I'll I'm, tell you what it means. It don't mean shit. Does it taste good? Does it get you high? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. He's a yes. Uh, I like it. So where's where's the when we talked about I think we were talking about this a little bit before we went on live. Where's where's the best weed located at on the East Coast? That, that's a, oh that's a, quite a thing to say. Oh I guess for the states, you know, people really say, excuse me, Maine is really where people talk about because like they've had like a sort of California esque market for like twenty years now, I guess. Okay. So like I like yeah. So like, if you want to go to a real wholesaler's farmers market. <laughs> Maine I'll tell you where to go in Maine. <laughs> Maine. So this is so man. I, I I'll be honest. I'm 30 years old. I never heard of Maine in any capacity in my life until cannabis you never heard started. Of, of Maine, <laughs> <laughs> bro. I ain't nobody ever talk about Maine until weed started going legal around Maine. And Portland now, all Portland I hear is in Oregon, about is not Maine. Maine, you know? Huh? I said Portland is in Oregon, not Maine. They got a Portland out there. I've been in Portland, Maine. It's cool. 
It's probably not as cool as Portland, Oregon, uh, Portlandia <laughs> land. So I'll say that. But yeah, no, Matt, Stephen King and a lot of the, his um, movies and books are all based in Maine. Like Shawshank, they're in Maine. And like the It, it is in Maine uh, too. Dairy, Maine. Yeah. So that's like their other big thing. Like it's a very like bucolic state. Like there's moose. I'm, on, I'm trying to go see a moose next week, among other things. All right. Yeah. So how's the how's the weed looking in Massachusetts? Massachusetts is good. I've been in Massachusetts a couple of times. We went to uh, Salem, Massachusetts, um, dispensary uh, this week, this year. We went last year too. We're visiting friends, um, and I liked it. You know, this card is from there. You know, they have like good products. They have like RSO. You know, we we enjoyed their flower. It's good flower, I would say. Now, this card is good. Um, is that a is that a distillate cartridge? This, this is a simple man. It's like a vape card. Is it? But is it gold? Is it amber? Is it, is oh, it rosin? It's like a yellowish and with almost like a green tint. It's like a yeah, like an oil. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. Thank you. All part. Oh yeah, that looks like some solid disty. Does it taste like weed, or does it taste like a fun fruity flavor? Yeah, this tastes like weed. Yeah, it doesn't taste. There like we fruity. go. What strain did they say it was? Uh, I can't remember. I'm not very good at this. I, I see. I talk about. It's really funny. I talk about a lot of the, like the politics, the business, the law around the thing. And then like I'm then like I'm really in awe when I talk about like the scientists tell me about the trichomes and like. All the things there, and then like even like for the growers, like I love talking to like the growers and like all learning so many like things, new things about the plant, and whatnot, and like how you make the plant, like cloning and genetics, like that's that's we're not like I'm not at that part. I uh, you know I came into cannabis through politics and like you know little um, like brown bags, you know, a little green in a pipe or a blunt, you know, not <laughs> not analyzing it, unfortunately. No, you're all good, dude. You're all good. I'm, I'm just interested in, in just seeing, like, see, people for us on the North American Weed Tour, we want to see, we want to hear about all these different strains that are in all these different areas. We want to hear about the politics and the culture and, and how accessible it is and the legalization behind it. That's that's all a part of it. But I also want to know what you're smoking. I also want to know how it tastes. Because when I come out, when I come out, when I pull up or when I meet somebody on Instagram, they're going to be like, yo, Where's the fire? And I'm going to be like, well, let me tell you, in New Jersey, my boy had to go to Maine or Massachusetts. And we can't have that. I got to know. I got to know what's going down in Jersey. So so let me ask this. Let me ask this. So you go to a, you know, people, obviously COVID's a unique situation. So maybe not as many concerts and festivals and stuff like that. Right. Not so many events. Right. But out there, I know you mentioned earlier, uh, earlier today when we were texting, there's some events coming up, right? Talk to me about some of the events that you've been to in the cannabis world in Jersey, you know, COVID and pre-COVID. And then, you know, what are those events that you have coming up that you're going to? Yeah, that's an interesting, that's a good question. You know, so we have like Atlantic City. So like a lot of things, like conventions happen there. Uh, so like in June, you know, we had our convention Boardwalk Buds where they had like gifting entrepreneurs along with like Delta 8 and like CBD uh, on the floor of this uh, showboat hotel, like on the boardwalk in Atlantic City. 
And it's just supposed to be uh, the New Jersey Cannabis Festival this past weekend. We've been doing business with uh, promoting them. And it was like canceled like the Sunday before because like it conflicts with their family image. Because like the show bar, like midway through like planning of two cannabis conventions, they're like, no, nah, we're trying to be family friendly. We put it in an arcade, there's a circus. But then Nikan, which is supposed to be, is one of the ones coming up uh, October 2nd and 3rd, is going to be there. But I guess, you know, they got like a business conference isn't the same as like a festival that way. Because it got, it got like a little wild at the end of the boardwalk, but so, you know, these things happen. But, you know, and then we have a Real Cannabis Entrepreneurs Good Conference coming up in Newark um, around uh, mid-October. Uh, you know, it's like an interesting thing with like a lot of our luminaries, like Marijuana Mommy founder, Jesse Gill. She's uh she does MJ Biscount stuff. Uh Tara Masu, uh different people like that. So that'll be like and then like local people. And then that, you know, that'll have a good party, you know, um on the DL uh there. You know, some fun sessions and you know, innovation. Hell yeah. As one has. So do you feel likely. do you feel like the people of New Jersey are going to be passionate about smoking weed that was grown in New Jersey, or is it forward thinking towards like once national legalization is a thing, do you feel like people are going to strongly desire like West coast cannabis? That's a good question. Um, I, I, I would say, you know, I think there's a little, little bit of market for both, you know, we have some New Jersey. We're very proud that we got the highest percentage of the state to vote for our referendum of the cannabis referendums. So like, so like, cultivating New Jersey craft cannabis in those businesses is like a passion of many to see like what our growers can do in our indoors and in our greenhouses and the businesses they can have. <laughs> nice. Ah, that looks good. Um, but then, yeah, like in the future of federal legalization, you know, I think there definitely is like a lot of people that would like that, you know, to see like people do wax poetic about like West coast strains and, you know, Sometimes we get some good stuff, you know. Sometimes we we like the good stuff to get like in, without a hassle. Yeah, mm -hmm. I uh -huh. I would love to smoke some New Jersey sour D, New York sour D, all the different like things, all the different strains that people are known for, or, like these areas. Like to me, a lot of culture was built on word of mouth. You know, you buy this yeah. bag from you buy a sack from somebody. You know, they got it. They got it was some sativa that had a little bit of gassiness to it. You know, it was some sour D back then, you know, and that's where it's like, it's like when, when weed goes legal, I'm going to be one of those tourists. I'm going to be one of those smokers that like I pull up in a city or I travel somewhere and I'm trying to drink a local beer. I'm trying to eat at a local restaurant. I'm trying to go to a local concert and I'm trying to fucking smoke some locally grown weed. And I feel like that is like. When you find as like as a weed smoker, I feel like when you grow to that level of like, man, I'm an adult, I get to travel and smoke weed from all over the world. To me, I think that's a bucket list situation that people really never thought of before. Outside of like, oh, I'm gonna smoke weed on the East Coast, the West Coast, <laughs> like oh, I'm gonna go to Amsterdam, you know, I'm gonna go to maybe Spain, maybe, you know, like for the most part, like that's all you heard, you know, uh, Afghanistan, I want to go, you know, smoke some, some of the Kush out there. Like you never really thought of like, all right, I'm going to, I want New Jersey. I want Maine. I want Michigan. I want Florida weed. I want genetics from Texas. I want all these people are going to find certain strains 
that are gonna perform the best in each of these areas. Yeah, yeah, like Oklahoma week, like like everybody like says like their market's doing well. Like, how's this stuff out there? That's what, I'm, and that's why we created the North American Weed Tour, bro. Is we 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 want to to be able to showcase this culture. Even you tonight, like, you know, you bringing out the vape pen and stuff like that, yo. There are vape carts available in New Jersey for sale. That's a real thing. If you didn't know, now you know. You go to Massachusetts, there's vape carts there. It's a thing. You need to get your medicine. We're here to tell you right now, Dan is living proof. There is medicine available on the East Coast and the Northeast. This isn't a hoax. This isn't the media lying. We are the media in cannabis. You can go buy weed there. Yeah. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the nature of like a car show, you're able to be discreet in that fashion. And then, but like, our thing is like, it's interesting because not everybody wants to smoke. Not everybody really likes flour. You know, there's a lot of work that goes into like grinding a plant. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, like you, like you be dexterous hands. So like, we're going to roll that. It's a lot of work. And people just want like a drink. You know, you take a drink, you want an edible, you really want a strong, you know. So that's going to be like really interesting to see like how our market like plays out. Especially if you can get like something where it's like the candy, where they say like it's like a starburst. Like the more it's in your mouth, the more you like, you taste the flavor. It's like that's the way like the infused weed candies work too. For example, so that's like really interesting and like really innovative. Especially you know like we don't allow we're not allowing like people smoking on our streets. Like New York City, you want to go smoke in New York City on the street? Go have fun. You're not gonna get in trouble. Not here. You get in trouble. You gotta be a little more discreet here. Hmm. And that's, you know, that's like a thing. And like people are saying, like, oh, we're going to New York, we're smelling it everywhere. You know, like, I like the smell of it everywhere. So <laughs> you guys might like it, smell of it everywhere too. Nobody's dying for the smell of it. You know, it's just, oh, let's just smell this flower now. Here. People, people do have allergic walking. reactions. And I do, I do believe the issue with smoking in public comes down to a lot of actual fire code issues. Uh, a lot of public property is overlapping with other 25 foot you know, some fire code regulations. You do have to smoke 25 feet away from doors, cigarettes, right? So it does a lot. I know Mitch and I come from events. A lot of times it comes down to fire codes in terms of like physically being able to smoke or do consumption events. It's like the one tricky area. I know California actually has event licenses that kind of supersedes some of those situations. But I mean, again, that's what's cool, right? Is all these states are, le are legalized in their own unique situations. And, and with you there in New Jersey, you know what are what are some things that you've noticed that new uh, what is it New Jerseyans what's what's the phrase? Yeah, you would say New Jerseyans. New Jerseyans. So for New Jerseyans that are there, what are some of the, the the most you know what are some of the key things that you guys really care about in terms of like coming you know cannabis as it as it kind of unfolds. Well, you know, yeah, like we're really looking for like social justice here. I think like it was really like the heart of our campaign and heart of our legalization. So like I'm Peruvian and I represent the Latino Action Network like in like legalization, you know, cannabis policy. Um, so like understanding that like this was on the backs of like minorities and this was all bullshit in the first place. And like dealing with that is like really important to us. And then like getting more licenses and dispensaries out and like having like a plentiful market is, you know, and having it be affordable and like getting going from like the 180 to like when it was when Phil Murphy took over, there was five dispensaries and there were like 7,000 patients. 
So now we got 22 dispensaries and 115,000 patients. So you know we're not we're at a respectable place right now uh, that we weren't at you know three years ago. And you know like COVID like impeded our progress, and it's really sad. You know we don't have um, home delivery is like an issue. You know, we don't have that. You know I know that was um, impeded by COVID. You know we had a uh, license round of uh, 24 medical licenses that's still unresolved right now, 25 months after it was announced, the license is unresolved. Uh, that's why we only have 22 dispensaries. Uh, but like a lot of the rank and file, a lot of the hardcore activists, a lot of the people and the patients uh, are really unhappy that we don't have a home grow of cannabis plants. Uh, it's a really serious issue uh, here. You know, it's the thing that like uh, in our medical, um, Non-medical law, which passed in uh, 2010, uh, they thought it was going to be included, and the last minute it was taken out. Mm. Uh, so it's the, been the thing that like activists have been fighting for for like so long. Especially when you face like you ha- you're saying like you know it's far, it's expensive, it's not the best stuff. Like homegrown, just grow it yourself, make your own medicine that way. So you know, people are really passionate about that. Uh, and it's been left, you know, it's been left out. It was left out of our medical expansion bill, the Jake Honing Act, you know, and it was left out of, um, you know, our legalization law. Uh, unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, or the catch was, you know, we're trying to really create like a new kind of market, especially in this age where like everybody goes like Walmart and like, you know, the kids go to McDonald's and, you know, like everybody wears like Levi's kinds of things. And like, these are our morning glasses, you see. Like, so everything is like a big box brand. You know, we're really trying to have these like local values and like small business like emphasis here. And like, we really want to see that, you know, come to fruition uh, on so many levels. Uh, and we will, you know, it just take, uh, it just takes time, so. You know, a couple of years you come out, you know, you come to one of our lounges. That's our biggest thing. So the, the figuring out the lounges, the lounges are big everywhere. Like, you know, you remember, Joey, we, we went to Planet 13, right, where they had the space. But that was supposed to be a lounge. You're like, didn't that just open? Uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I was recently at Planet 13. I was not told that a lounge was available. I wasn't told that a lounge was open. Didn't see it. No, nothing. Oh damn! So wait, crazy, Vegas crazy, right? Yeah, I don't think Vegas has lounges now, or there's like one. Uh, yeah, I think there's one. I don't know because that—that's something you guys are are working on, right? In in New Jersey, is working on opening a couple lounges. Yeah, so we we've made progress now on uh, the cities uh, that are gonna have it now. So uh, you know, it's a little better. You know, but we have what is it? So we have Atlantic City, Jersey City, uh, Highland Park, New Jersey, uh, which you haven't heard of. Um, what's it called? Hold on. I feel like I feel like rappers have in Highland Park, bitch. Hoboken and Trenton. So yes, we have six. We have six cities right now. They're gonna have lounges. You know, it's an interesting thing. A lounge. You know, New York City has a couple of those. Uh, it'll be interesting to compare and contrast. And like, I'm excited to compare and contrast. Like our lounges here. Like I live like 20 minutes from where a lounge would be in Jersey City. I'm excited to go. Highland Park is from is uh, near my hometown, you know. So like, I'm excited to go, you know, visit parents that go to the lounge. That way, you know, we'll have lounges in Trenton. That sounds so dope. <laughs> yeah, that sounds so. So dope. you know, so we have, so we have had these victories, you know, 
there might be like a couple more like shake shake out. A lot of people, we had a uh, weird provision in our law. You know, we want like after all these delays of our medical marketing, and we want things now. So like there was a law like the towns had to had six months to decide their cannabis policy. A lot of these towns thought that it wasn't enough time, so they're like, you know, we'd like some more time. So we have like temporary bans. So like that's like the, the percentage of the towns that don't like cannabis right now, or like are iffy, are high. But you know, like we're expecting that to lower, you know, as time goes on, you know, as you know, as this data, because like like people are asking, like, where's the data on the money? That's I think like was something that like we like, even like hell, you guys might know a guy that has a PDF on that. So like that's what we need here because it's such like a big big issue because these towns like are saying, what are we gonna do? Or how much money is it going to bring in? Where's the study? Where's the numbers? Uh, and it's hard, you know, when you're when that's that's evidence. You know, people like the idea of stu studies and like science. We can we can definitely fast. help in that area, Mitch. I think Dan here has unearthed some things that are uh, validating in terms of what we know people want to see. Right? The these people of the cities need to see numbers and tangible proof as to how it can possibly. Uh, possibly positively impact their city, right? Po bring in and provide more tax revenue, provide budgetary increases to their infrastructure budgets and to their arts programs and to the teachers and, you know, energy and whatever issues and stuff. I think if there's a way that, that, that cannabis can be modeled to show how it does help those things, I think that's where they win. And obviously that's what the, you know, that's what these, um, what are the people called that go and, you know, lo lobbyists? That's what these lobbyists are supposed to be putting through. So hopefully these lobbyists that are, that are out there are listening, man. Tap in. Uh, again, everybody, this is the North American Weed Tour podcast, episode 16. We've got Dan Uloa here, man, rocking in with this late at night into, you know, he's out in New Jersey. Um, again, wh where are you at exactly? What city? I live in Bayonne, New Jersey. Yeah, there we go. 20 minutes from a local dispensary. There are 22 dispensaries in New Jersey currently. He said there are more than 20 other licenses lost in the sauce, waiting, paused. Who knows what's going on except for the people running the show. It's so frustrating because that's another thing. Where's the transparency in cannabis? And this leads me to my next point, Dan. Do you what what do you know as a customer? What do you know as someone in the media about the testing of the products in your state? How confident are you that the dosing you're buying is accurate. The testing is accurate. Oh, from the dispensary, it's not none, not not it's low. So like I wrote a story, this is actually really great. So I wrote a story about a guy, I believe his name was Carlos, who bought moldy weed, moldy cannabis flower from Cure Leaf Dispensary in South Jersey. And he got pulmonary issues, like lung issues, whooping cough issues in that fashion from it, there was a subsequently a recall issued of that cannabis. And there's only one lab right now, the state lab, they say. So like there really isn't a lot of testing. There aren't a lot of labs. Like I know a lot of people that want labs or a lot of people are doing like a hemp lab right now, like in preparation of getting like a real lab going uh, soon. And yeah, like it's an issue, you know, like, so our New Jersey Cannabis Regulatory Commission, you know, I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt right now. They're, pe they're good people. Now we're we're ahead of New York. Uh, we're beating New York because uh, we have our chair of our commission is Diana Wayne, 
uh, social justice advocate with the ACLU on legalization, you know, before she became um, staffer for Governor Murphy. So like we have that, well, New York doesn't have that. So we're gonna beat them. And then now with the, the resignation of Cuomo, we probably have a year on them uh, at least right now. So I'm really happy about that. And hell, we might even get homegrown in the fall. So we'll beat them on that too. <laughs> We'll have the first New Jersey sales and the first legal New Jersey plant grown before New York can do right. it. There's a lot of there's the, a lot of tape, uh, there's a lot of bells and whistles in New York. You know, the, the, the Californias, the New Yorks, the Floridas, the Texases, the the Illinois. It's a lot of there's a lot of bells and whistles with a lot of those a lot of those states because of the the, the economic impact and the pull that they have, um, not just here domestically in the states, but also across the world, right? Uh, they're not just iconic here, but they're also iconic around the world in a lot of ways. Um, oh, yeah. Very, very interesting. So you don't, there's one, there's only one, at least according here, there's only one lab testing all the places. Shout out to Cura Leaf for having moldy weed and getting someone sick. That's a thing. We've heard of that. Multiple brands have done that before. So it's not just on Cura Leaf. Weed does get old. Um, we know that in the states of like Washington and California, I don't want to speak on Oregon and Colorado, but I know that it's typically just like a five pound lot that gets tested. You know what I mean? And like a couple things that get chosen from each of those five pound lots is what really gets tested. So when you think about it, you know, out of every, you know, out of, out of every needle in the haystack, how often is that really happening? Right. We would hope very little, but obviously there's room for improvement. Um, and whatnot. Now, you as a cannabis customer yourself, you uh, you you obviously you vape. Um, you told us a little bit about how you got started smoking. Have you tried all the various types of products? Have you experimented with tinctures? Have you tried uh, the all kinds? You know, have you tried gummies, chocolates? You know, uh, baked edibles. You know, like butter made goods. Have you tried a lot of these different kinds of products? Yeah, I would say I've tried everything. It's the concentrates where I'm, I'm learning. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd see, yeah, so like I've had like good edibles. So like I got this, I got this great honey at a party in New York City. And I don't know who gave it to me, and now it's like uh, it's the best like, infused honey. Okay. Uh, for example, like I've used like RSO or Fico is like an interesting product. And my friend Trump's uh, had some success with it. Uh, I tried it. It was uh, it was an interesting uh, product that way. For the stomach, it yeah, does wonders. Yeah, well, all that, that's why that's why I have it. Uh, that's why I was trying to use it because I have like stomach issues in that fashion. I have like a new age liberal diet. It's awful, but that's not, well. I, well, I mean, well, story. I mean, if you if you're down to elaborate, most people who know me know that I've got a special diet. I know Mitch has been working on getting healthier himself. Cannabis is particularly interesting, and and obviously, I know Mitch. I don't know if, what what direction you want to take this conversation in, but cannabis. I, I have IBS. I've had kidney stones twelve times, maybe thirteen times chronic at this point nausea you name it mitch i don't know about you and your and your diet and whatnot does cannabis impact your diet good or bad in some way um i don't know about the diet i mean i guess it, it definitely helps with stomach issues when you're sick or something like that or unsettled but i don't have like chronic issues like that nah. and dan for you cannabis good or bad certain strains improve it certain strains make it worse yeah, yeah, like this gelato, I think, like gelato mixes are like really good. Yeah, like I have chronic issues. They're they're obviously not as bad. They're not as bad as that. You know, God bless you, Joey Dan with that. You know, so I have like I'm gluten free. I'm dairy free. 
I'm corn free. Uh, and then like I can't really have tomato too much tomato sauce either because I have like an <coughs> Yeah, the the so, acidity like, of foods kills me. List. We, what the those? acidity, like you were saying. Oh yeah, yeah, the acidity is terrible. Yeah, like, I take like this thing like a meprazole, which I guess is like related to that. Yeah, so. I hey, I I used to take a up a mep, uh, omeprazole. I used to buy that shit from Walmart, and I told myself there's no way. I'm going to be going to Walmart my whole life and CVS for a Meprazole. So I have been off of that for probably five years now, been primarily on cannabis. I find myself, you know, I'm not as disciplined as you are on that diet, but I do find that being committed to that does wonders. And I think Mitch knows I rely yeah. on Mitch when we go on tour and do the events and we travel to continue to keep his, you know, his, uh, his family foundation and diet habits consistent with the breakfast and eating healthy because a lot of people, you know, we get, I come from living in the Midwest and in the South, a little bit of Texas, it's real easy to get into that fast food habit and just to be McMuffins in the morning and steal yeah. then a burger in the afternoon or some chicken nuggets and then soda, soda, soda the whole time. It just, it's really, it's a slippery yeah. slope and that, that's a quick death. Yeah. It's a quick death. Yeah, that's you know, I detected the draw and I was like, I thought he was a Westerner. No, and that's I, I grew up in Indiana and then I grew up in Houston and then I came to Seattle, like South Seattle area. Not like not like downtown, nothing like that. And then uh me and Mitch met in college out in eastern Washington. And so I definitely claim West Coast, I claim Seattle, where you know, where I went to elementary school, where I went to see like high school, the most of my life was up there. Uh, and I oh. and I definitely don't relate as much to the people in uh, in Texas as a whole or Indiana as a whole, but there is a lot of wonderful yeah. people there and a lot of a lot of good cannabis activity, a lot of good music culture there. So I love I love all humans. You know what I'm saying? Give everybody a chance to to yeah. make a move and get into this cannabis world. Um, Dan, talk to the people a little bit about your website that you guys run. You've got Heady New Jersey. What kinds of content do you feature? Bang. Yeah, so headyandj.com, you know, I cover cannabis news. You know, I covered the 20-second dispensary openings. You know, I cover the politics of it, legalization of it. You know, I cover, you know, some of the people that want in. You know, Rowan Marley, the Bob Marley's son, like, uh, lives in North Jersey. He wants a license, so I was writing about him. You know, Kevin Smith, you know, um, has some activity. I got to write about him again. He had like a little thing in like um, Central Jersey where he's uh, based. Uh, I got to go cover, you know, and then I've, I've covered some other like prominent people in the cannabis with like Jersey ties, like Danny Danko of High yeah. Times lives in North Jersey. So that was like really great to cover him. And then JJ uh, created the uh, noted strain uh, Star Dog. You know, I wrote about him uh, recently, you know, so I've been trying to do that. You know, a little bit of Washington, but uh, or DC. Um, but yeah, it's mostly like New Jersey content, you know, that's our base here. Uh, for example, you know, a little on New York and once in a while, a little on Pennsylvania once in a while, but it's really here, you know, the, like the legal issues that people are having, you know, a lot of our small businesses, you know, our most, uh, talented, uh, gifting entrepreneurs and, you know, the services that they provide and, you know, the people with some ancillary businesses, you know, some doctors, uh, that have been uh, helping people, so. You know, I enjoy it. It's always something new. It's very exciting. You know, it's uncharted waters. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, from the moment I met you, 
I knew that you were a writer through and through. You came up. I had never, I had never met anybody in my life that came up and said, hello, my name is this and I'm a writer. I do this. I write for these publications and I have, I work and, and I'm the editor at this one. And I had never met anybody that that's all they'd done before until I met you. Right. And I remember going back to my team being like, yo, I'm going to watch this guy, Dan, and I'm going to learn from him because I'm not a writer. I'm not an editor. I'm not a, we're Mitch, Mitch and I are not traditional members of the media by any means. We literally had to force and learn and surround ourselves with people and look at other writers like you and just become inspired to get better ourselves. I think that's something that Mitch and I have is this, this relentless desire to always get better and improve. Um, and you're one of the people that over the last, you know, two years since we've met, you know, I've been, I've been reading the content, been seeing the moves, been watching the social growth. It's very inspiring to see your success and your growth and, and all a lot of that uh, associated uh, with this New Jersey culture and its buzz and the culture and the community that's you. really there. And it's powerful. And I think that's very exciting. So I just wanted to show respect and love to that uh, and all your success in that. And it's very it's very cool to see. Mitch, what other what other, what are some other questions that you got before uh, before we get them on out of here? I know we're approaching. Yeah. I definitely wanted to touch on, you know, the, the craft versus commercial, you know, you're calling it gifters, which I, I totally get why it's called that, but that's not a term that I'm used to over here on this coast. Um, so just a little bit on the craft versus commercial, the limited number of licenses, you know, a lot of these states that are, that are later to the game in medical, you mentioned it, like the regulators or legislators, legislators, um, and the government started to realize how big how of opportunity profitable cannabis is obviously watching some of these pioneer states on this other the other side of the map um so how much corruption has been involved with like who gets licenses and how the market's structured and and who really benefits from it well uh, there you go it's the heart of the matter yeah so like probably like a good amount you know like it's it's a really big issue here like how these people like it's so competitive. Like, it was really awful, like, the way it was started. Now, it was, like, awful. Like, the first dispensary was run by, like, a former cop, and it was, like, the worst thing ever. And people were, like, happy it got bought by Ascend, the MSO, uh, in that fashion. But, yeah, like, it's, really, like, this highly competitive thing. And even, like, even, like, in the not, like, <laughs> the corrupt way, you just need the law. You just need the lawyer and the lobbyist thus far, who's, like, the best connected to, like, the state government and who knows these people from, like, the party functions of, like, the Democratic Party, mostly here, you know, none under Murphy, you know, like, it was a little more bipartisan under Christie, where, like, his former health commissioner had a license. You now, he sold that license um, since then, but, you know, it was, like, a lot of, like, things like that, where it's, and then it's, like, the company with, like, millions of dollars and the people with access to like millions of dollars with like connections to Wall Street, for example, who have never like middlemen for a little like more money, you know, on the weekends, for example. So uh, it's really bad that way. You know, that's why like the commission here really is trying to create like a whole new industry, like with very little president, you know, trying to really create something new. Uh, out of this because even like you see like North Carolina just like their medical is only gonna be like five companies and like they're rewarding a lot of points like if you already have experience you're basically asking like what other companies to come in to like and do business in North Carolina and like not the companies that are based right. in North Carolina 
don't pay the most taxes and are like really care about like who's the name of that team there? Duke? Yeah, the, the Duke team. The Blue Devils there. <laughs> or UNC. Right, yeah, right UNC. there. Yeah, they're all out of the Wake Forest. They got the whole what is it, college row or what I can't remember what it's called. Um but yeah, it's 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 definitely interesting to see. Every state has definitely set up their the the regula regulations and, and system uh, in crazy ways that have allowed monopolies and big money to come in and dominate. I mean, I think that's just cap, you know, a, a byproduct of capitalism. Um, but it's really a shame when you see the limited licenses like that. There's only 22 dispensaries. Thus, the the you know the supply and demand. That's just going to make the price of any of those licenses. License is such a hot commodity that if you got it, your incentive to just flip it for a profit out the gate is extremely high. And then if you're in the market for purchasing one and not getting it out of whatever lottery system or however they're delegating those out, it's, you know, it's, it's a cost. It just takes money, man. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy system. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly is a crazy system. Yeah, so I think we only really have two of our dispensary companies right now that have licenses are not MSOs. Mm. Uh, it didn't start that way, um, but it is that way now. Uh, but it won't stay that right. way. You know, uh, that's why we're so happy with the regulations that really did incentivize, you know, social equity and small businesses. So we are looking forward towards that uh, in the future. But yeah, like, it's really horrible. And like, I'm reading a book actually about like information companies or like media companies with like the telephone and like the movies and how like when the way the market is structured and regulated, there's no natural way to do it. Like a lot of times, like it's like who wins in the way it's regulated. You know, sometimes, you know, you had like Ma Bell, AT&T was like a benevolent monopoly generally, for example, versus there was only like 12 like movie studios in the 30s that were like making movies and controlled the whole industry and controlled like the content being put out. You know, now, you know, with, with the internet, you know, it's like it's low cost for like movies and we have indie films and we have things like that. And, uh, you know, and then like, but like, that's why I love Hetty and Jay. So like an ancillary media company, you know, it's a, a lot of work, but it's a labor of love with low cost, but you shouldn't do it. But I enjoy it. You know, it's good that way. And people do say about the ancillary businesses as like a way to get in. You know, like the, uh, the people that sold the uh, shovels and pickaxes and Levi dream jeans made the money off the gold yep. rush. Uh, mostly, they say. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, you know, we we definitely appreciate the inside of what it's looking like in in New Jersey over there, breaking down the the market, what what's looking like in the future. Um, super enjoy, enjoyed learning from you tonight, man. Thank you for uh, joining us. Yes, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was a, it was a pleasure, my friend. You're welcome. I enjoyed it. Now, next time you guys actually have to come here in a real time. Yeah. We, we, we are working on it, my friend. There, there are a number of uh, barriers in terms of uh, timing and calendar. There's just a lot of events that we have committed to across the country to yeah. get to the East Coast. But I can tell you this. We will be out there very soon. The North American Weed Tour will live on. Everybody watching, this is episode 16 featuring Dan Uloa from Hetty, New Jersey. Make sure you guys go visit HettyNewJersey.com. Go Google them. Search for them on Facebook, Instagram. HettyNJ.com. I got it. HettyNJ. Yes, HettyNJ.com. Well, I don't know. NJ for short. HettyNJ.com. 
PennyNJ.com. Google, Google, Google that. Facebook it, Instagram, Twitter it, YouTube it, everywhere, all places. Make sure you share and tweet all their articles. Dan and his uh, – I don't know how many people on your team, but Dan and your team, they really care a lot about this. So if you guys need anything, be sure to reach out. If you're a company in that area, be sure to reach out. Uh, Dan offers a number of services and is an expert copywriter and um, can, of course, redirect you to other people if you need it. If you need any help, he knows a lot of a lot of really strong uh, uh, people in this network. So, Dan, again, thank you so much for your time. Uh, very much appreciate you. I look forward to connecting with you again in person. Hopefully, we can get out there to one of those events that are coming up soon. And man, we're gonna have to get you on hopefully here again at the end of the uh, towards the end of the season. Um, when, when some more of these New Jersey companies come out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's always great, you know, connecting with Westerners who have, like, more experience, like, in cannabis, informal cannabis, you know, versus our humble undergroundness right now, mostly. Yeah. You guys are you guys are out there killing it, man. It's an exciting time. This is all the growth. We're all babies right now learning how to talk, walk, spit, crawl, eat, and grow some, <laughs> hopefully grow some fireweed that smokes good. You saw me dying over here, man. I was trying not to cough when you were talking. This shit, this shit right here had me choked up. Look at that. The dragon trash. Yo, I love that logo there. Oh, they're not even allowed with mascots. Yeah. There this this is illegal in Washington State. I don't think it's legal in California, but by the time they catch them, they will already have made millions. Such True. such is the way of the Cali market. Well, definitely appreciate you coming out again, Dan. Episode 16 of North American Weed Tour Podcast. We'll be at everybody soon.